0: Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Story Log Team. So today we are going to talk about Columbo. Columbo. Good old Columbo, the detective, played by Peter Fork, um, that some people might not know about. Actually, that's the point. Some people might not know what Columbo is. Um, but why are we going to talk about Columbo? That's
1: the bigger question. Here. It is
0: the bigger question. The reason we're going to talk about Columbo, other than he's amazing <laughs> and the best detective ever written, the thing that's actually interesting about Columbo is the way in which um, Columbo is designed as a story because it's all built around the fact that Columbo has one dimension. And so all the stuff about Columbo is, comes through the way that the story is designed around that one dimension. So it's very interesting to see what you what one dimension does for a story.
1: When you say dimension, just clarify what you mean by that.
0: A contradiction within the character. So either between their outward appearance and their inner nature, within their inner nature, or even within their outward appearance. So obviously, really obvious dimension. Yeah. Mild Man and Reporter, Superman, right? There's a dimension. Um, Between the outward appearance and the outward appearance, right? (laughs) He's. Uh, uh, but then you might have other things. Uh, uh, for example, Walter White and Heisenberg. That's a dimension. Sure. On the one hand, he is Walter White, uh, uh, you know, legal, law-abiding citizen, chemistry teacher. Uh, on the other hand, he's Heisenberg, the greatest drug kingpin who ever lived. Heisenberg. So, the, but the thing is, people like dimensions aren't just a collection of things that you you think your character has you actually have to express them in the story so um, you can't just say a character has a dimension he actually has to have it, you have to express it and people uh, really, a lot of the time whenever there's a talk of dimension, they talk about the character needs to be three dimensional and it's as if upward complexity the more complex the character is the better it is and that's not true uh, complexity of character is a reflection of inner conflict because obviously the more contradictions they have the more conflicted they are and so certain genres want more conflicted characters than others. Um and so people just kind example,
1: of I mean, just to go back in previous examples we've talked about um education stories and we talked about action stories and yes. there are two yeah different kind of characters. Yeah so
0: Phil Connors in Groundhog Day has four dimensions whereas Batman in The Dark Knight has two. Right, um, and Phil Connors needs for to tell the education story that he tells. Batman needs only two to tell his story. If he had more dimensions uh, it might not be actually very good because the action story would become less interesting because more of the conflict would be on the inside of Batman's nature, rather than with him with the Joker, which is what's fun about it. So, So, uh, as with a lot of stuff, then, it's just a question of focus. It's a question of focus. If the fun of the story is Batman versus Joker, it doesn't mean much it doesn't make much sense to have batman suddenly wrestling with his conscience because then the joker's not in the scene yeah. and you're not having the fun of it similarly it would be a problem if phil connors got caught up in an enormous crime story and it's like yeah the the clown villain he's fighting is sort of taking attention away from his whole search for meaning so sure um but people think that more complexity better more dimensions, better. It's a one-way thing. And then they don't realize how much you can get from one dimension. So this
1: is why you wanted to talk about Columbo. And this is
0: why I want to talk about Columbo, because Columbo is one-dimensional, and he is amazing. He is better than Sherlock Holmes. He is better <laughs> than Poirot. Um, how, and many, how many episodes did Columbo run for? Not enough. <laughs> Actually, that's not true, uh, I, because um, the last few seasons were rubbish. Um, <laughs> but the, we talk, we're talking seasons here. When I talking. I'm t- yeah, I'm t- he ran, he ran several seasons. I, is, I've got, isn't... I bought all the way up to the eighth season on DVD. I think he went up to ten, and okay. I and the eighth season is when it sort of starts to How lose. How many episodes it's
1: per while. season?
0: Six, seven, something like that. The, the, okay, so, so there was short seasons. There were short like seasons, to... but every episode is ninety minutes. So he's he's a lot like the contemporary Sherlock, which has three episodes a season, ninety episodes. He's a lot like that. Okay. Uh, however, unlike Sherlock, he doesn't have a Watson to take any of the time up for him. It's just
1: Columbo. I was just talking. Wait, well, he's got his wife. Um, <laughs> his wife in the <never> show, is that? <laughs> uh, just uh, it was more a question of scale. You know, you say one dimension can handle so much volume mm. if done well. I was just trying to put that into kind of perspective, like how how much screen time... Oh, actually. yeah, that's
0: true, yeah, because obviously characters that appear a lot need more dimensions. The more yeah. the longevity is important to dimensions. So, you know, I say, like, an action hero has only two dimensions. Doctor Who has five or six dimensions, uh, but he's been running for 50 years. Yeah. So over that time, he's picked up a dimension or two. But if you watch any individual episode of Doctor Who... um They're normally closed episodes, and you generally only see, I would think, two dimensions at a time. It's just that the character has a reserve of dimensions that are within his character that they can bring out as they need to. Um, And generally, because they keep changing the actor, the actor brings a shade to it or plays up a certain thing. So, for example, Matt Smith's Doctor Who was much more a contradiction of elegance and shambles. Than Dr. David Tennant's, who was actually just really cool. He wasn't really a shambolic character. Yeah. But Matt Smith's really was shambolic. But then so was Tom Baker's. Yeah. So um, that, do you see what I mean? So yeah, yeah. But uh, he's not five dimensional every forty minute episode. That's not how he how he plays.
1: No, and you probably wouldn't be able to handle that in forty minutes. No, you would
0: wouldn't. You? you, I don't think. Not, not in an action story like Doctor no. Who with a big cast. But um, so but Columbo's just one dimension. So the 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 concept of Columbo is it's a crime story for those of you who don't know stars starts Peter Fork and Peter Fork is amazing as Columbo and um, the way it works is the episode opens with a criminal killing somebody so they kill somebody they commit the perfect crime and then uh, we know who did it so we yeah. actually watch them do it then Columbo comes on the scene uh, because he works as a homicide PD in LA and he immediately picks up on something that says to him i he knows who did it so we are now watching the show from both of their points of view it's hilarious because on the one hand columbo is um uncovering clues and then he takes them to him, the the person uh, and he says look at these clues that i have and then the criminals like trying to hide the clues and we ask the question how is he going to get him because we know who did it the the mm. mystery is how columbo is going to get him and uh, it's great because um, one of the things that makes Columbo unique is the way in which she catches the criminal. Um, characters will uh, pursue very similar things, you know, but what makes them unique as well is how they pursue those things. How do they pursue love? How do they pursue meaning? It's not just what they want, but how they intend to get it. And Columbo... He doesn't, he doesn't do the law and order thing of just interrogating a suspect, following a lead to its conclusion, amassing evidence, putting them on trial, and then trying to prosecute them. That's law and order. That's not Columbo. He's not Sherlock Holmes, um, where it's like, I shall do some things and then have a fight with the bad guy. He's not Poirot, which is, let's get everyone together in the same room, and now I will tell you all what happened and then reveal who did it in this great grand parlor scene. He's not like those guys. What Columbo does is he gets under the criminal's skin and convinces the criminal to give Columbo the one piece of evidence that will incriminate the criminal. And that's how Columbo does it. He tricks them into giving him the evidence he needs to convict them. And that's what makes Columbo brilliant. And this is every episode. Not this is every good episode. Every good episode sometimes it doesn't there's a couple of episodes where he doesn't do this and those episodes are bad and i'm not happy that they exist but they do <laughs> uh, this is because i got to be honest the writers didn't pick up on this the writers didn't know Col- that's what makes columbo so special in that way but um yeah. they they did obviously understand the nature of columbo and their character but they didn't they didn't understand it in a structural sense in the way i'm talking about it they understood it in more of a yeah aesthetic sense so anyway colombo so i thought i will but colombo has one dimension and his dimension is this it's so simple peter fork is scruffy he's got disheveled hair he smokes this big cigar that's always dropping ash everywhere he wears a bad suit and on top of it he wears a mac raincoat that's kind of dirty uh, there's one episode, in fact, where his wife buys him a new coat and it throws him off and he misses clues. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, and he keeps leaving the the coat everywhere because he doesn't want it back. And he, the, one of the policemen keeps giving him the coat back. Um, so he wears this, this lovely uh, dirty Mac. And so on the one hand, he looks like a disheveled bum. He just looks like a hobo. But the contradiction is he is the master detective he's a super sleuth he's a genius he's Sherlock Holmes he picks up on everything he's Poirot he is the best detective ever but he looks like a bum and that dimension generates the entire show for
1: 8 to 10 seasons yeah generates
0: the entire show um, that that's definitely something they knew the writers because that's absolutely present as far as I'm aware in every, every episode even though episodes where he doesn't get them to incriminate them and stuff the ones where they don't work uh, it's because they didn't f- you, what, what, what we're going to see when I explain this is that dimension informs all the decisions that make Columbo so beautiful when they don't uh, express it properly the episode falters but um, that's always there to some extent. They always have that dimension. Okay. There. That's the core of that character. Um, and it's it's beautiful because it's just 90 minutes. You never find out anything more about Columbo. I mean, you know he's married. He says he's married, but we never see his wife. We never see his home or anything like that. Um, it's oh, oh, The entire show, it's 90 minutes of pretty much Columbo and the criminal just talking, <laughs> expressing things. They have little scenes on their own every now and again, and they keep meeting up, and it's just great. Really great! It's something I always go to when I've got things to do. I put on Columbo. I put on The Simpsons. Columbo is just—I love him. So I thought. So you want?
1: You, you want to run through a couple of examples? Yeah,
0: we'll go through some episodes. Um, so uh, let's say, for example, um, we'll take an episode called "Suitable for Framing." Okay. Yeah. So this episode. I
1: think this is one of the episodes I know. This is this episode has my favorite. Gotcha! This is moment. why I know it. So <laughs> this the episode—this is your go-to story. I love this one. So the episode
0: works like this: there is a uh, art critic. His uncle has this incredibly priceless collection of art that he helps, that he looks after and monitors. But the guy wants the art and he wants the money, uh, but the uncle won't give him anything. So uh, the aunt is in the uncle's will. The aunt is going to get everything um the uncle has just changed his will so the art the aunt who is a who's a nice woman but not very bright the art critic is abs it's like a huge insult from his uncle that he's going to le- changed his will to leave all the paintings to his aunt so the f- episode opens with the art critic killing his uncle and he has an art student and he uses her to hide the paintings so she's an accomplice that's his crime then columbo comes in on the scene starts unpacking clues discovering things but the criminal's plan is this he goes kills the accomplice takes the paintings he comes back uh, home and Columbo who's been following the case is waiting for him uh, in the in the, in the uh, his, his apartment and the art critic's like get out Columbo I've had enough and Columbo's like are oh, those watercolors sir can I can I see those and he puts his hand into the bag and he takes the bag away from him and he goes no Columbo get out this is harassment I'll call the police get out and he's like I'm sorry sir and he just leaves uh, and then the, uh, what the critic does is he takes those paintings puts them in his aunt's house and what he's done is he's con- he's set up that the aunt is responsible for the murder. He's trying to frame her. Now, he keeps going up to her and getting lawyers to protect her. But he's actually putting Columbo on the case of uh, in- uh, incarcerating the aunt. So he b- plays this gambit, which is he says, Columbo won't rest until he searched your house. So let's let him search the house. Okay. But he's... He's put the paintings in her house, so he knows they're gonna find the paintings. And so when the police come in and they and Columbo's not there, he's managed to get Columbo off the case. So they the police come in, they search the house, they find the paintings, and then the art critic starts going, "How could you? How could you do this? How could you kill my uncle? All that stuff." Because if she killed the uncle, he inherits everything. That's when Columbo walks in, and he goes, "Columbo, this case is done. Aunt, my aunt did it, and enough." And he goes we're just going to see if that's true sir he goes what I'm just checking the painting for fingerprints and he goes what do you mean my fingerprints my fingerprints are all over those paintings I unpacked the paintings when they arrived at my uncle's my fingerprints will be all over them they won't prove anything and he goes I'm not looking for your fingerprints sir you know what I'm looking for mine remember when you came home sir and you had the watercolors uh, and I you had paintings in a bag and I thought they were watercolors and I put my hand in and I touched them you <laughs> You touched them? Yes, I touched them. My fingerprints are on those paintings. How is that possible if they're on your aunt's on them? And he's like, "This is entrapment. You touched them now." And Columbo pulls out his hands from his pockets, and they're in gloves. And it just goes credits. That's that's such it. That's great. <laughs> that's great. And that's such a good episode. And um, the whole show is built around that dimension. So, Columbo appears like a bum so he shows up and he's following these leads and the and the criminal doesn't respect Columbo he thinks he's a harasser when he comes home and he's sitting in his thing he's like Columbo get out Columbo's constantly going up to the art critic and going sir is this art my wife does color watercolors and goes really yes but you know the ones where they have the numbers painted on them and <laughs> like that and it's like huh? so he keeps talking to him like that getting under his skin to the point where the guy tries to get Columbo off the case, which is exactly what Columbo needs to get him to do this gambit. Because he's given him a small window of like, yeah, okay, I'm off the case. The guy gets cocky, confident, thinks that. But when, when he shows up and they've searched the house, they're all ready to do the fingerprint test. Columbo was never off the case. They just think he was off the case. So the whole thing is like the guy, the guy, um, the guy is this arrogant, rich man who kills for more money. And frames his loving aunt for this thing. That criminal is arrogant. How do you express the criminal's arrogance by having a detective who is very humble and and who he can underestimate? If Columbo was like a top police guy, handsome, dashing—imagine him played by like some top, you know, LA actor type guy—and he was all cool, you could never. Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. (laughs) It would never work, right? It wouldn't work, because this guy would never underestimate him. It would be ridiculous. But he underestimates him from the very beginning. He keeps underestimating him. Columbo just keeps playing the fool. Is it true, sir, that the way an artist does is And just constantly doing things like that, so that when he gets him at the end, he's got him. And he's got him in a way no one else would. Sherlock wouldn't get a guy that way. This is how Columbo gets the guy. So that's one example of how that works. Right? I'll, go, I'll pick another one. Uh, there's there's two episodes. Uh, Candidate for a Crime and A Friend Indeed. As in, not a friend indeed, one word. A friend in deed. I'm with you. Da-da, there's a lot of puns in these <laughs> titles. Both of these uh, episodes, are they work in a similar way. Candidate for Crime. Uh, there's a man running for governor of LA. Is that the right title? I think it's governor, isn't it? Uh, yes, I think it's governor. Uh, there's a guy running for governor. The guy who played Perry White in the Richard uh, Donner uh, Christopher Reeve Superman films. That's the guy. Right. Okay. Uh, he's he's running. He's running as government uh, governor for LA, and he's running on a campaign that uh, organized crime is out to get him. And his plan is he's being blackmailed. He's having an affair, and he's ha- he's being blackmailed by his campaign manager who knows about the affair and is like, I know where the bodies are buried and all that stuff. And so he's blackmailing him. And so the guy's had enough. So what he does is he tricks the police detail that's looking after him because of the threats from the mafia. He tricks them by having his friend, the campaign manager, dress up as himself drive. That takes the police detail away. He then goes back to his house to have a surprise party for his wife. But before he does, he goes to where he knows his campaign manager is going campaign manager gets there on his own he shoots the campaign manager dead and so what he's done is he's created this environment that makes it look like there was a mafia hit on him that shot the campaign manager by accident that's his plan Um, and uh, what happens is uh, Columbo keeps going like there's problems with this sir there's all kinds of problems. How did the guy know he was going there in the first place? He was waiting out there. For, and so Columbo does this thing where he goes up to him and goes, here's a problem. In other words, here's a hole you left in your perfect murder. Here's a clue. And he tells them the clue. And he goes like, I can't explain it. And the, the criminal has to come up with an excuse for why that clue isn't really a clue. So... In this one, there's a big problem, which is how did the criminal know to kill the guy where he was? He had to park the car in a certain way, and all this stuff. And he's explaining it to him. The guy, the governor, keeps coming up with all these explanations. Columbo goes, "Yeah, that could do it, sir." But you know, sir, one little problem. <laughs> and, that, and he keeps saying, "Goes." And then the guy eventually runs out of excuses and goes. I can't talk anymore, Columbo. Like, that's another thing, by the way. They're always busy. They're always too busy for Columbo. Columbo goes, Sarah, can I ask you a question? Columbo, I haven't got time right now. Okay, sir. it's just something about the headlights. What about the headlights? <laughs> that's how it goes every time. So, he's, he's, he's annoying him. And to the point where the guy thinks, like, okay, people don't believe I was shot? I'll do another one. I'll do another thing. So, he sets himself up. They're having the big election. He's in the hotel room. Uh, there's police everywhere. All detailed. And colombo is in another room uh, where they're monitoring everything and he tells one of the people hey if if he's on his own for any reason you let me know and they go okay anything goes to the bathroom anything just let me know so the guy is in his hotel room and he goes i'm gonna go into the the, the neighboring suite to make a phone call and he goes okay goes into the other room while he's in there he takes a gun out with a silencer Sets up a shot that looks like he's shooting from someone's shot from the balcony to where he sits. And there's there's so he shoots that with the silence and so no one hears it. He then goes down uh, to the thing to the election thing. They have their big election, he wins the election, all this stuff. He comes back up to the hotel room, there's a big party, everyone's there. He walks into he goes, I'm just gonna make a phone call, goes into the room, makes a loud bang sound, everyone rushes in, and it looks like he's just been shot, right? And and he goes, like, i oh, have been shot like that, and everyone's doing this thing. Columbo comes in, and he goes, oh, see, Columbo, someone's trying to kill me. And, like, and he goes, and Columbo's like, you know, sir, there's a problem with this. And he goes, Columbo, what will it take? Will you not accept that the gun that I was just, that this is a bullet hole in the wall? And he goes, yes, sir, it's a bullet hole in the wall. Do you not accept that the if the ballistics on that bullet come back, and it says that bullet is the same bullet that shot my campaign manager that's the murderer he goes yes sir so take the bullet out of the wall and do the ballistics i can't sir why not i already took the bullet out of the wall <laughs> he goes what when you came in here earlier sir to do a phone call whenever you make a phone call from this room it lights up in our room so i sat there looking at the phone and it never lit up so i thought what are you doing in here so when you went downstairs i came up i found the bullet hole dug the bullet out here's the bullet we did the ballistics it did come from that gun how is it possible that I took a bullet out of that wall, did a ballistic test that you say was fired just now? <laughs> it was like, oh, I got it. Um, <laughs> and a friend indeed is a similar one where the police uh, commissioner is the criminal and he frames a guy and he kills his wife. Both of these stories are very similar in that the person who Columbo is chasing, the criminal, actually is in charge of the police. Right. And in this situation, see, with the art critic, it's just a really affluent Guy, very rich, but in this case, Colombo is actually going up against his boss. These are his bosses, so the bosses underestimate him. At first, they go, We want you on the case because you're really awesome, you've got a good clearance rate, you've done so many good cases. But they constantly berate him, they underestimate him, they go, Colombo, you're chasing red herrings, forget it, Colombo. And they're always constantly degrading Colombo, berating Colombo, having a go at Colombo, and Colombo's like, I'm sorry, sir. I just have this problem here, sir. There's a problem with this thing and there's a problem with that thing. So he's constantly like downtrodden all the way through, but he won't let them off the hook. So they have to constantly come up with little ways of like trying to get Columbo off their case by sending him away. By going, okay, so Columbo's like, I need the gun, sir. I need this, sir. And so in the Candidate for Crime episode and in A Friend Indeed, he tricks them into doing the one thing that no one else would have done because there's no way they'll give themselves up there's no way they'll admit it they are they are in charge of the law enforcement they're not going to do anything like that they're in the public eye they're very important people so colombo gets under their skin uses the fact that he is looks like a bum Uses the fact that he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing in order to so completely outplay them that he ends up with this perfect clue that's just you gave me i i tricked you into convicting yourself i tricked you into committing a second crime that i now have proof that you did um which is just i mean that's great
1: right are the um are the villains in or are they, are the criminals in uh the stories always that um uh, you gave the two examples um there where he's mm-hmm. going up against his boss uh or his bosses but the art one yes. is very arrogant, affluent. Are they always of that sort of status?
0: Well, yeah, they're, they're always really important people who can get Columbo kicked off the case because Columbo is a bum. Is the bum, see, so they, they play on that yeah, dimension. So um, <clears throat> in, in the episode A Friend Indeed with uh, the police commissioner, uh, the police commissioner, his neighbour, kills his wife. in uh, a, like They have a big argument and he kills her by accident. He doesn't mean to kill her. He's not a murderer. He just kills her by accident. And he calls his friend, who's the police commissioner, says, I need help. What am I going to do? So what the police commissioner does is he frames it on a cat burglar. Okay. And he becomes the key witness that says, I saw the cat burglar running away from their house. He does this. And then he flips it around. He kills his wife right because his wife is the one who's really rich to get all of her money and he uses and he blackmails his friend into helping him dispose of the body making it look like the cat burglar did it again but this time it's even more grand uh, there's news cameras when it happens that kind of stuff so there's all these witnesses so it's not just him on his own and so he does these two things and columbo sees through it because Columbo... Uh, the police commissioner... When he tidied up the first crime scene... He made mistakes... And Columbo can see through it... And the police commissioner is like... I've had enough of this Columbo... It's the cat burglar... Stop looking for anyone else... It's the cat burglar... Columbo... Actually meets... Uh, he goes to the... Um, uh, the, th- the thievery department... And he asks... Who who do you think is the cat burglar? And he goes... I reckoned it was this guy... Until the murders... Because the cat burglar... Has murdered no one... He's really clean... Really clinical... Really surgical... I, he'd never kill anyone. This guy, never kill anyone. But I was convinced he was the catbird. He goes, okay, forget those two murders. This is the guy. And he goes, I would have thought so. He goes to meet that guy and he sets up a trap. And the trap is, he doctors this guy's, um, what do you call it? Um, the file the police have on. Yeah. He His record. He doctors yeah. that to say his address is at a certain place. The commissioner comes in, sees Columbo looking over these things, sees the address of the guy, goes to his apartment, and plants um, evidence from the crime scenes to incriminate this guy. When they get there the commissioner's like, okay this is your, uh, he goes like, look what we found in your apartment, Mr. Cat Burglar you're the murderer, you're the cat burglar, it's done. He goes, no way, that's not my stuff. He goes, "What? yes it is. He goes no, no, this isn't my apartment and he goes, what? And Colonel goes, this is my apartment <laughs> these are my underwear this is my shirt you put these things there, only two people knew about this address, me and you Mr. Commissioner and that's how he gets him. Um, if you took
1: that episode... Surely that's entrapment. N- well, I, I, <laughs> just to, to don't, rely on the art critics. You're that on excuse. such thin ice right now. <laughs> um,
0: but in that, in that episode, <laughs> it, you could have done an episode where he's just chasing the cat burglar. And the cat burglar is just like a working class stiff. He's an in and out prison guy. Right? That would never work. The scene where Columbo actually meets the cat burglar and works out this deal with him, he's in charge. The cat burglar is like, "I didn't do those murders." "I didn't." Do it. It's like, "Listen to me. I don't care about that." He's totally in charge. Yeah. When he's with the commissioner, he's like, "Sir, I. How did you see the cat burglar at night across the road, sir? How did you do that, sir? Right? That." And he's like, always like, "Oh, that makes sense, sir. Okay, I got it." write that off my list that's how he is right with the cat burglar he's like listen i know what i'm doing i know who's framing you i know this i know that you're gonna do this thing for me and that's all there is to it he would never work against a working class guy it would just be like bullying sure because and also as i say even if it wasn't bullying even if you make him play it in a nice way the dimension that he's a bum that he's disheveled Never plays out because that guy, that working class um, cat burglar, is never going to go, you're not even wearing a good suit. He's never going to care. Right. But when you have William Shatner playing a ridiculously um, pretentious film star and he's going to come you've got to understand, you know, like that. That arrogance he can play so beautifully comes out, and then it creates this great power
1: dynamic. I'm assuming William Shatner was in an episode. Yes. Oh my god. Yes, yes, he was.
0: <laughs> he played he played a a TV star who played the most famous detective on television. Oh really? Called the yeah, called Laverne, and so Columbo is like, I can't believe I'm talking to Inspector Laverne. So, like that. He goes, "You're not talking to Inspector Laverne. <laughs> You're talking to Walter Foul." <laughs> is great but um so in those cases like those guys they have all that power all that stuff and Columbo is in a significantly weak level he but he could have gone up against the mafia guys in the um, candidate for a crime episode he could have gone up against the cat burglar instead you could play it that way yeah. But then Columbo the character doesn't exist that character has gone now what makes him interesting he's got all those other traits but that dimension that's generating all the story is gone you see, the, his dimension is what creates the criminal, the type of crime they have to commit, and then the nature of how Columbo is going to solve the crime. Yeah. So every scene, every element is informed by one dimension all the way through.
1: Can I put you on the spot? Yes. Could you, off the top of your head, come up with a, an example of a bad episode and didn't, why it didn't Of Columbo? Work? Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: go for it. Uh, There is an episode of Columbo where there's two, in fact, I can think of. Um, There's three. (laughs) Three, three ever. The the later on it goes, the more problematic it becomes. Um, So there is an episode of Columbo where you don't know who did it. Right. And so it opens, and uh, someone is dead, and you think Robert Vaughn killed him. Uh, But then Robert Vaughn dies he gets killed and you don't know who killed Robert Vaughan and you realise Robert Vaughan didn't do the original murder and you don't know who killed Robert Vaughan so it's a whodunit in that sense and it actually plays out with a parlour scene at the end the reason this is the case is because Patrick McGowan who was the star of The Prisoner The 60's Prisoner uh, he's actually in several episodes of Columbo one of them he's with Leslie Nielsen who was in several episodes. Seriously, there's a Leslie oh, Nielsen, right. Patrick McGowan episode of Columbo.
1: That's exceptional.
0: It, it's a really good episode. <laughs> um, but uh, pa- Patrick McGowan plays a, a, a spider. But Patrick McGowan and Peter Fork were very good friends. Very, very good friends. So that's why Patrick McGowan showed up in a lot of episodes, but it's also why he directed and wrote, I think he wrote, but he definitely directed that episode uh, with the parlour scene. He's not in it, but he directed it. Uh, And it's the only one he directed. And Patrick McGowan's British. And he obviously wanted to do a sort of Agatha Christie type episode. Which is why it has a parlor scene at the end. Yeah. Which is why Columbo gets all the suspects. And says, these are the clues. And you did it. It doesn't work. Because. By not knowing who the criminal is. Columbo can't get under anyone's skin. Because we don't know whose skin he's getting under. We don't know who's who's hiding clues from him. So we're watching and he's just uncovering clues. He's just a detective. The bum element doesn't come in because there's no criminal to lord it over him and and use their power over him that causes him to make them underestimate him and so that therefore he catches them. It doesn't happen because the criminal is, is absent. So Poirot... Poirot's hilarious. I love Poirot, but Poirot's an amazing detective. His contradiction is that he's he's kind of a wimp, right? Like he's he's really sort of um, fussy and uh, like he's this he's he's not a tough policeman. He's actually kind of like he has to have everything in the right place. Like if anyone actually starts to fight with Poirot, he's out. Yeah, right. He's all about the little and all that stuff. He's I love Poirot. I really do, but Columbo's nature as a bum doesn't come out in that episode so he doesn't have a dimension so he's not interesting so what has to carry the weight of the story is the mystery the mystery isn't that bad but you're sitting there going but he's not columbo he's this isn't columbo
1: because you're missing one half of his character he's
0: not there uh another one that's pretty bad is one where uh he does go up against the mafia Again, he just—you're missing that dimension.
1: Is that the same problem? Then he has power over the criminals.
0: The cr- he when he's sitting in a situation where the mafia, like, why do the mafia care if Columbo catches the guy? Like they're like, hey, Columbo, when you catch the guy, just tell us who it was and that kind of stuff. That episode, I believe, if I remember correctly, has Norm from Cheers in it, <laughs> uh, which is excellent. But uh, the the problem is, is like the, the he's getting involved with the mafia and Columbo. the the mafia don't care if he's a bum they don't care about that they what matters to them is he's police that's all they see he's police but these guys uh, these uh, these other types of rich effete type people they they think the law is on their side they think they have power over the law so the fact that he's a bum they don't take him seriously and that allows colombo to get under their skin and that allows colombo to trick them into giving him Does it not
1: get repetitive (laughs) watch? Okay, that
0: answers that. Really doesn't. There's two reasons why I know it's not repetitive. One, this is number one reason why it's not repetitive. Until I said it, no one knew. No one understood Columbo. I'm sorry, I don't care if this sounds arrogant, okay? (laughs) I really don't care. I understand Colombo better than anyone else. I I love Columbo so much I get him, right? He's 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 my bestie and but no seriously no one get no one saw it if people saw that pattern it might have been quite repetitive that's the first thing so the fact that you don't see it these kind of things are really subtle you know like people don't see how superman works they don't get it so it's fine is superman boring it's the same dimension every time is star trek boring it's the same thing every time if you don't notice the formula it's generally it won't get boring uh house is really boring because House, the formula is the same. He gets a disease, they come up with a thing. It doesn't cure it. Doesn't cure it. Doesn't cure it. What time is left? There's ten minutes left. This is the cure. End of episode. Like so. The, <laughs> this is the House, the House formula that you told me
1: about. When, yeah, this when is I'd House. I,
0: I, I remember when I was watching House after like season one or something. I'm watching it. and He comes up with a, a, a cure for the disease, and I looked. I just the clock was above the TV, and I just looked, turned my eyes ever so slightly upward. No. <laughs> and after two, three weeks of that, I went. This is wasting my time. I can't solve this crime. I d- I'm not a doctor. Oh, it was herpes all along. Like, I don't, I don't understand. No, I think it was always sarcoidosis <laughs> so, all along. It was an infarction, something like that. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So formulaic episodic shows are only going to be boring if you can see how they work. The writers should know how they work, but. Yeah. Audience members generally aren't looking at it that way. If they see it that way, they will get bored. Um, law and order was really formulaic, though, and people didn't get bored that much. What makes it more interesting, though, is... But
1: you would t- With law and order, you're talking about formulaic in terms of structure more yeah. than character. Yeah,
0: the characters would shift more or less, but the the structure was very similar. 20 minutes of police chasing suspects, yeah. 20 minutes of them handing the case to the, detective, uh, to the district attorney who then prosecutes the case. Um, but what what keeps so other than my own arrogance <laughs> what keeps these things actually really um unique is first of all if they stand out from the rest of the market law and order for example is the only cop show that i'm aware of from the prosecutor's point of view it's always the defense attorney but law and order they went no if we go with the prosecutors they had something unique so yeah That meant if you wanted to turn in and watch a crime show about lawyers, the only crime show about prosecutors was law and order. So therefore, compared to everything else, it was always unique. That's one thing. The second thing is you have to realize the well that you have of potential story. So if you're going to keep repeating the same formula, how many stories are there that you can tell? Once you run out, the show's got to end, otherwise you're going to stop becoming really repetitive. But how how many stories are there? So Columbo, unlike everyone else on television, isn't a whodunit. You know who did it, straight out the bat. So that sets him apart from everyone else. You know, if you know who did it, Columbo can't be just finding clues like Sherlock. It has to be different, which is why he needs the bum dimension. If you're going to have... See, it doesn't matter which way you want to do it. You could start with what would it be like if the criminal... You saw the criminal commit the crime. Or what if we have a detective who's a bum and a uh, detective? How, What kind of stories would he tell? And either way around you come with it. A great solution for that is you know who did it. And if we know who did it, then that means we can play up the idea that the criminal thinks he's got one over on Columbo. And so therefore the criminal keeps thinking he's smarter, better than Columbo, which allows us to use Columbo to sneak his way in and expose the criminal in a really unique way so that's that design is really unique so that in that sense he wasn't repetitive as for the stories themselves they're not repetitive because all you really need is a really perfect crime the more ingenious the crime the more interesting the episode is so so long as the crime is interesting that's all you need and crimes there's loads of crimes yeah. uh, there's a restriction obviously the criminal has to be affluent but beyond that Almost any crime will do. Any motive will do. So there's a lot of variety. You know, what's it like when Columbo uh, chases a woman who has Alzheimer's and doesn't remember that she killed the person? That's an episode.
1: Really? Yeah. One of the good ones or one of the bad ones? It's actually one of the good ones. Really? It's really nice, yeah.
0: Because she has Alzheimer's and um, she's going crazy. She's going senile. And um, he he realizes that. And so there's the question of, does Columbo... Go after considering she has maybe six months left to live.
1: Does that m- not make you empathise with her a little too you
0: much? You don't empathise with her too much. You don't really empathise with her so much, in fact, because you don't even realise that's the case until towards oh, okay. the end. Sure. Um, you you never really empathise with the criminals, um, but you do you do feel something for them sometimes a bit more than others. Yeah. Uh, the more you feel for them, uh, the more uh, humane Columbo is. Uh, like the Johnny Cash episode. It's really great. There's an episode with Johnny Cash. Really? Yeah, he's great, and um, he's really wonderful. And Columbo's, you know, he's like he he plays a singer in the episode Johnny Cash, obviously, and he goes like he plays his song on the radio when he catches him, and he goes, "A guy who sings that well can't be all bad." And he goes, uh-huh. You're right, Columbo. You're right. Like that. And it's really <laughs> sweet. Um, he's uh, Johnny. That episode's a really nice one as well. Johnny Cash is wonderful, really wonderful in it i saw the light <laughs> Anyway, um so uh but yeah so it's
1: not repetitive uh in that sense you could make it repetitive but it's not i had another question This is a note i wrote down as you started talking actually because mm. when you talk about colombo your face lights up in a way that i've only Ding. seen when you describe groundhog day
0: <laughs> well what about transformers the movie
1: that was... <in> Maybe we haven't talked about that enough. Okay, <laughs> but certainly those two things I know we've talked about <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. But I wondered if the comedy played a part in um, the show not becoming too repetitive. In Colombo, yeah, there is some
0: comedy. Uh, there's not a huge amount.
1: So much are funnier than others. When I say comedy, I don't mean you know, in the kind of traditional sense, but I mean it's certainly light-hearted. Oh,
0: it's really light-hearted. Yeah. It's really. But then so's Murder She Wrote, and that's repetitive okay um, uh, so yeah no, I, I, <laughs> no mean, so I think it's just it's not repetitive because um, there's huge variance in how Colombo in the clues the clues are always so different the crime is so different the motivations for it are so different that it's that's what uh, makes it interesting if the crimes were always very similar it would be very boring the crime right. is what makes it um and then there's one other um aspect of Colombo. Like I talked about the um the police ones where he goes up against people who are in the police yeah. institutions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are other episodes where he goes up against people who are very high society type people. Well
1: this is why I asked earlier about the um the high status as yeah. opposed to just somebody with um kind of institutional power over yeah. him actually Status. They they have
0: status power over him. He that the, they have to be essentially upper class. Yeah, and he's working class. That's how that dynamic plays. People like to say it's a commentary on the economy and stuff. And, um, <laughs> I don't. I've never watched an episode of Columbo where they get into any sort of socializing or anything like that. It might be a reason why people really love Columbo. Yeah, because he's the working class guy, underdog guy. But um, people love Sherlock Holmes. I'm glad
1: you used the word underdog. That's one yeah. one word that's been in my. He's a, he's an underdog, the sort of but, an
0: but then Sherlock Holmes isn't. People love Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So I don't think it's just that, but that's a clearly a, that's that might not be the only thing people love, but it's clearly a think reason why they love Columbo. Yeah. Specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so a couple of episodes. Uh, one is called um, "Any Old Port in a Storm," and the other one's called "The Bye Bye Sky High IQ Murder Case." Uh, Do you want so, to try that one again? I'll get to it in a second. So, uh any old port in a storm is another pun. Uh because it is about a guy who owns a winery. Of,
1: of course. Right? Yeah.
0: Uh and the guy owns a winery and his brother own- so he has a uh, a half brother. Their father died. And the father owned the winery and all the um what you call it, all the money. He gave the money to the murderer and he gave all the real estate to the younger half brother. The guy has pissed away all the money on having a ridiculously expensive brand of wine that he makes just for connoisseurs and it makes no money, it makes beautiful wine, but there's no monies. Um, and the brother is like, look, you pissed away all that money and I need money. I'm getting married. So I'm selling the winery. That's all there is to it. And so he kills him The guy, the murderer in this, Cassini Is played by Donald Pleasance Blofeld Right Okay Columbo goes up against Blofeld This is (laughs) the point He kills the guy He puts the guy in his winery while he goes to New York He comes back, he then dumps the body Okay, so he's away While it seems like the So he's gone missing his brother, right? But it looks like he was away when the brother died Everything's Mm. fine Uh, However, while he's away, he doesn't know this. There is a storm and he'll port in a storm, right? Literally, the weather is a key part of this. Not storm, beg your pardon. The weather is key. There's a huge heat wave and the heat wave destroys all the wine in his winery. He doesn't know this. So what happens is um, at the end of the episode, Columbo is taking him to a meal as an apology for thinking he was a suspect, right? And during the meal, uh, Columbo has them uh, as the after meal wine he gives him uh this incredibly expensive wine he tastes the wine Columbo likes it other people at the dinner like it donald pleasant screams goes, you've ruined this meal with this liquid filth and it's like why you've put it too close to something hot and you've killed the wine okay that's the clue because he's the only person who can tell wine has been kept too hot and therefore uh all his wine that was destroyed in the thing the only person who could say that his wine was ruined was that because that's his bottle of wine colombo managed to get the guy's bottle of wine into the restaurant and have it served to him in front of witnesses and he yells it's been ruined because of the heat and colombo's like well this is the only place that wine could have got that hot was your winery so you locked it, you didn't know it Just blah blah blah, that's where the body was, etc, etc, etc so that's how he gets him um, and in the bye bye uh, high what was it the bye bye <laughs> sky high IQ murder case, uh, a Mensa guy, there's a there's a group of Mensa people and he's an accountant and he kills his accountant partner because he's embezzling funds and he creates this whole thing with a, a musical uh like gramophone thing but it's on play it plays music it triggers this thing that makes it sound like a gunshot happened so while he's downstairs the murder sounds like it's happening upstairs but he's already killed him he just makes a thing set up where the record player is playing it hits a thing like mousetrap style it clicks this thing which knocks this thing which creates the thud makes the sound of a bang so it goes bang thud then the, the door closes so it sounds like someone has been shot fallen to the floor and then someone's run out right okay but he's downstairs in the sand, it's all automated on this gramophone, and he's already killed the guy. And at the end, Columbo, who's been talking to all the people in the mentor thing, and there's this whole thing about who's the smartest one there, and they're all giving Columbo advice on how they think the murder did it. And comes, that's a nice idea, but it doesn't really work. All they're all wrong. And at the end, he tells the guy. This is how it happened, sir. The vibrations from the music caused this thing to happen. All this stuff, and the 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 killer goes, "You've you've made this killer sound like a
1: fool." No, this is how I did it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) He shows him how I did it. So, but in both of these ones, you have um, a character. In one case, it's a wine connoisseur, and the other one, it's an uh, Mensa accountant. In both cases. Uh, these people are experts in their field. They're incredibly rich. Um, or if they're not rich, they at least appear rich. They're very upper class. Yeah. And Colombo. part of the fun is Columbo comes in. He knows nothing about this. And he has to learn and try to become an expert. He does it with the art critic as well. So with the wine, this is brilliant. He, he goes, he, he doesn't know anything about wine. So he knows he has to impress the guy with the wine. So he goes to another wine connoisseur and says, you need to teach me everything about wine. How long do I have? Ten minutes. <laughs> he goes to the guy and he goes, and he gives and he says "Colombo, would you like someone he goes yes sir and he drinks the one and goes full body oaky taste can't tell if this is the burgundy or the merlot and he goes i'm impressed lieutenant how did you do that and he goes well you only make three wines i tried <laughs> one yesterday this isn't it there's only two other wines that you make they're both red the merlot and the burgundy i couldn't tell which one so he was one of those two <laughs> Very smart, Lieutenant. And it goes on like that. So he's constantly talking about wine, learning about wine. And at the end, when he does the big meal as an apology, he's, uh, he's ordered um, he's, pr- he's, he's given them the menu they have to eat what he said so the first meal is this with this thing and this with this wine this with this wine so at the end of the meal the, guy, the guy's like I'm really impressed Columbo I would never have put this wine with oysters but what a great idea that's wonderful he goes well thank you sir I had a great teacher referring to the murderer you know he's constantly flattering the murderer but actually the murderer is not aware that Columbo has set the trap who catch this guy and similarly with the iq thing in the iq thing he goes i'm talking to the smartest people in the world i didn't realize that's amazing sir what's it like being so smart and the guy's like well i'm sure if you have you taken your iq test i'm sure you're much smarter than you think you're and he goes no sir i don't i don't do those tests no i don't like that i i you know what sir i was never good at school that meant I had to work twice as hard as everybody else. You know, he's always putting himself yeah. down. I'm not like you, sir, being smart. And all, putting everyone else up. And uh, he's uh, there's even a bit where the Mensa guy goes, i tell you what, Columbo, you seem very smart. You know, giving him like a breadcrumb of compliments like they always do. And he goes, Columbo, tell me something. Uh, here's a riddle. Can you solve this riddle for me? And he gives him a riddle. And Columbo goes, oh, that's tough, sir. Okay, and throughout the episode, he comes up, by the way, sir, about that riddle what about this and he goes nope that doesn't work he goes okay sir like that so the riddle keeps coming back and at the end of the episode he solves the riddle catches the guy and then the guy goes colombo i want to give you a quick iq test thing just one thing which is the odd one out and he g- gives him forward and Goes, well this one's the odd one out because you can have this 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 but you can't have that and he goes like Columbo, did you ever take <laughs> do you want did you ever think another line, about having another line of work or something? Like, if he hadn't been a detective, I would have gone away with it. You're too smart as a detective. He goes like, "No, sir, never do that." So, um, the so the episodes like he's always they you know they have this big important expert, and so Columbo, who knows nothing, comes in and starts asking questions. How does this work? How does that work? really sir learning things learning things and all the time flattering the guy flattering the arrogant criminal humbling himself and then at the end I gotcha because I'm much smarter than you much much smarter than you Um, and that's built out of that dimension
1: okay question then yes I mean we covered all the episodes you wanted to yeah you could you could carry on couldn't you you've Uh, got that I'm not going to I'm not going to (laughs) um Okay, yeah, No question then, um, yes. what, what's, what's to take away for our own writing? Just how important One Dimension is.
0: I mean, one I've gone through how many episodes? Five different episodes? Five, yeah. Five different episodes, all very different cases, right, but very similar sort of structure. All different cases, all different criminals, all different clues. They're very inventive, they're very intelligent, they're really fun, and One Dimension. That's One Dimension. Um, and so this idea, oh, how many dimensions do I have and all this, that's one dimension expressed fully in 90 minutes. And it creates one of the most enduring and unique detectives in a very, like the detective genre is not a uh, shallow genre. Like that has been done to death. Yeah, like There's no shortage of detectives out there. One of the most enduring, unique, lovable detectives of all time had one dimension, and every episode played into that one dimension, and everything was generated from that one dimension. So, if you're sitting down and you're writing your story, and your character has four dimensions, is any of them as brilliantly realized as the one dimension in Colombo that I just expressed? Like the standard. To hold yourself to. <laughs> do, you see, do you see what I mean? Like that one dimension creates all this those why, choices.
1: This why it frustrates me when we see movies like um, uh, Civil War, and you have yeah. you know the central character who doesn't yeah. have one, even one dimension. He doesn't have any. Express.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just that one one dimension beautifully realised can carry a character for seasons of a show. So and people and writers. Writers sometimes think they've put dimensions... I, I'm, I'm you know, We're all guilty of this. You think you've done something when you haven't. And yeah. Columbo is just a very strong example of how to express one dimension in a story and how that... How, you know, people think that uh, crime stories are plot-driven, not character-driven, but what I've just expressed is intensely character-driven. You could, the, the one episodes where they don't do Columbo stuff, it's not Columbo. It's not good. Because it's not, come it's from not the Columbo, character. yeah. So all of this stuff, like the criminal and the crime he commits are inherently linked to Columbo. Certain criminals won't work with Columbo and certain criminals work really well with Columbo. And that's it. Moriarty wouldn't work with Columbo. Moriarty would never underestimate Columbo. He'd just kill him. <laughs> He's too dangerous. Yeah. I mean, this is a big thing. These guys aren't serial killers. That's the problem with a mafia guy against Colombo. He just kills Colombo. Yeah. Poirot can't go up against these type of people either. But Sherlock can. Sherlock fights these people. He actually has, he, he has fight, but these guys don't. So that's one dimension beautifully realised, and you get this kind of stuff. Okay. There is just one more thing. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen Colombo, how long have you had that locked? Since about the, okay, I, I had that ready at the very beginning. Like Two <laughs> minutes in, I was just like, I have to do this at the end. And oh, I was God. hoping that I would have a thing to say after just one more thing. I kind of don't. <laughs> uh, I kind of don't. But uh, I don't know... Uh, I was just going to say, I don't know where you can see Columbo, and I know I've spoiled some episodes, but they're really worth watching. They're really, really worth watching. Oh, you
1: mean where as in... Audience? Yeah, it's not on Netflix. No, it's, it's not, not.
0: You have to get, maybe get them on DVD. They actually released a full edition box set of them in a cigar case, which was quite cute. <laughs> um, he, Um But yeah, because it, it, I realized like it's it's a thing of its time. Um Columbo stopped, like the best Columbo episodes were in the 70s and I wasn't even alive in the 70s. Yeah. So they were before my time and I picked up on them and they had a cultural thing. But Peter Fork, I mean, I think anyone who was born anyone who's 20 or under would not know who Columbo is. No. Which is a shame. He's really great.
1: Okay? Okay.
0: No, I don't have one more thing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) See you next week.
1: Bye-bye.